presence here with us. Lord, we just want to lift you up. We want to praise you. God, just help us to do that. We pray for Brother Darrell as he delivers your word in a little bit. God, we just uh, love him. We thank you for him, and we uh, pray that, God, that you would bless him today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Every time I try to make it on my own time I try to stand, I start to fall All those lonely roads that I have traveled on There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground Friends I had were nowhere to be found. I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now. And there was Jesus. In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing and the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces. Every minute, every moment, where I've been, where I'm going, even when I didn't know it, I couldn't see it, there was Jesus. For this man who needs amazing kind of grace, for forgiveness at a price I couldn't pay. I'm not perfect, so I thank God every day. There was Jesus. There was Jesus. In the waiting, in the searching, in the healing and the hurting, like a blessing buried in the broken pieces. Every minute, every moment, where I've been and where I've when I didn't know I couldn't see it There was Jesus On the mountain In the valleys There was Jesus In the shadows A 
Silence the boast of sin and 
seated this morning. Failed to mention it's good to have Grady back with us this morning up on stage. Been had to be out a couple weeks. We're going to do a baby dedication first, but if you'd like to turn, go ahead and turn in your Bible, Matthew chapter two. I'm going to actually use one verse. This is where the message is going to come out of it, but I'm going to use one verse out of it for the dedication. Good to have Taylor and Natalie and Hazel for the first time. Good to good to have all of you, especially her. Uh, I'm going to say a few words and then we're going to pray and dedicate Hazel to the Lord. And as a not too hard to figure out when we do a baby dedication, it's actually probably more for the parents than, the, than it is for Hazel. It's kind of neat now, though. We have all this on on YouTube. You'll get to have it for the rest of your life. She'll, she'll get to watch this uh, one day. The message uh, here in a little bit will still be in Matthew chapter 2. It's about the wise men coming to see Jesus and his parents and then the flee as they flee into Egypt. And we covered this verse last week, but uh, 
I said something last week that kind of got me to thinking. In Matthew chapter 2, 14, says, When he arose, he, when Joseph, when he arose, he took the young child, who is Jesus, and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. You can look at that verse. It probably wouldn't mean much to you, but a Jew typically will never write like that. A Jew t- typically, who Matthew was, would typically never write like that. He would never say the father and the child and the mother. He would always say the father, the mother, and the child. And Jesus is, Jesus is listed in the middle. Uh, doesn't mean much to you, and I'm not sure exactly what Matthew meant, but uh, very important time, and we'll get into that more, very important time as the parents grabbed up the child, the three of them, as the parents grabbed up the child, Jesus, and fled. Uh, what I mentioned last Sunday was, uh, isn't it great that it's very important that God picked the right parents for Jesus? When the, Holy, when the angel told Joseph, get up right now, wake your wife up right now, and leave right now. They did it. They actually did it. They did what God told them to do. God picked out the perfect parents for Jesus. And you know what? God picked the perfect parents for Hazel, too, okay? And I want you two to know that, oh, all right? Hazel is in no way an accident, and I know you know that, but she's perfect, right? She's perfect, and she always will be. She'll never make a mistake. <laughs> and God knew what he was doing when he picked out the parents for Hazel, Okay? Uh, one of my favorite, in fact, m- my oldest child asked me last week uh, what my favorite verse was. That's hard to say, but I can't go wrong with Colossians 1.16 that says, For by him, by Jesus, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him, through Jesus, and for him. That's, that's one of those verses. The reason I like it so much is it explains so much. Uh, we'll have a picture. I think we should have a... There we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All things were created by him and for him. Now, I think that God picked out the perfect parents for Hazel but Hazel belongs to Jesus. I want you to to remember that forever. Hazel belongs to Jesus first. He made her, and he made her for himself. What we have the responsibility to do as a church and what the parents have the responsibility to do is to lead Hazel to Jesus to let her see him, to let her know him, okay? Uh, Your responsibility, Jesus has loaned Hazel to you, and I want you to know that. I want you to, you know, sometimes we hear that, but I want it it to really get down deep into you, that Jesus has loaned her to you. 
and you have a huge responsibility. I'm not trying to pile more on you than you can take, but you have a huge responsibility to know that and to really, I, I, and I mean this, to raise your children in such a way that you're doing this for Jesus because he made her for himself. And so as time goes on and uh, school comes and friends come and life comes, I want you to remember that, hey, we're raising her. And by the time the sixth one comes along, you just, you just get it down that we're doing this for Jesus, okay? In every decision you make, we're doing it for her, for Jesus' sake. All right, come on up here. We're going to pray. I need you to turn where that camera can see Hazel really well. There you go. And you'll be able to keep that for the rest of your life. There she goes. All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, church, I'm going to pray and ask you to help. This is, you know, responsibility to the parents as it should be. It's responsibility to the church, too, that we take all of our children and know that, that God has made them, Jesus made them for himself. We are simply leading them to him. So, uh, church, you can help us as we pray. Father, I do pray for this home. I pray for Taylor, uh, for the father, for the husband. Father, that you move in him, move on him, be all around him and in him, uh, that he would take so much to heart the fact that Jesus made him for himself and that he made that he made Hazel for himself, and he has given Hazel to Taylor. Father, help him to to be the father that that you are to us. Help him be that to her. Uh, I pray for him. I pray for Natalie as the mom, as the wife. I pray the I pray the same thing, that you be all around her and and in her. And help her to, to really take to heart the fact that Jesus has made her for himself. And he has made her the daughter for himself. Father, I pray that you bless the home in a supernatural way. And I pray that you would bless Hazel in a supernatural way. Use her for your kingdom's work. It's going to be such a pleasure to lead her to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, hang on just a second. Natalie is already a member of our church. Taylor would like to be one. Uh, so, according to his salvation and baptism, I recommend Taylor Jones as a member of our church. Just asking. It's tough, Taylor. I'll say on camera, you got to be tough to go to church here. Okay, you got to be tough to go to church here. All in favor, say aye. Aye. All right. You're in. You're in. All right. Okay. Matthew chapter 2. We covered most of the chapter last week. I'm not going to do all that again. I just want to look at the gifts that the wise men brought. 
we centered more in on, and still will, the flight to Egypt that the parents had to make because of, because of Herod the monster, if you remember that. Uh, all the, the turmoil and the struggle that, that goes around that. I'll just mention it right now. Uh, just a reminder, I mentioned it a little bit, that as you read through the story and read it carefully, that one night when the angel woke Joseph up, he said, get up right now, Ar arise right now, wake your wife up, get up, get up right now. What, 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 what's wrong, what's wrong? We got, we got to leave right now. Not, we don't wait another day, we don't wait till the sun gets up. Grab Jesus and let's go. We're going to run for our lives and that's exactly what they did. Just think about that. Uh, the wise men in the, in the text, let's see, Matthew chapter 2, 9 through 11. There's a little bit of an outline on the back side of your announcements if you'd like to use that. Uh, the wise men visiting the home of Jesus and Mary. We think Joseph was at work. And so when they heard, when the wise men heard the king, they departed and uh, behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I'm going to do this message very different from what I usually do. Most of the time, almost everything we preach is, is almost always about spiritual things. There are spiritual things in this, but this is going to be more of a practical, more of the physical. Uh, God meeting our needs in a physical way, like he did with these, with these gifts. I want you to think about the... The trauma, the struggle, wake up in the middle of the night. I want you to just try to put yourselves in their shoes. It's, I know it's hard to do, kind of impossible to do. Wake up in the middle of the night, pack up, leave. Right then, the two parents, the child, pack up and leave. Now, and it wasn't pack up and leave because we need to get out of town for a while. It wasn't uh, come back the next day. It wasn't come back the next week. It wasn't stay away for a year. It was leave, never come back. Leave your house, leave, uh, obviously the child wasn't in school, but if he was, leave, leave school. Joseph's work, Joseph's bit business, gone. It's, uh, they don't have, they don't back their pickup up. They don't load the back of the truck up. They don't even have a minivan, nothing. So it's, it's all pack up what you can carry. And that's what they did. That day, or maybe at the most, the day before, they have a visit from the wise men, and they don't have any idea when the knock, when the knock was on the door. They didn't have any idea the wise men were coming. So the knock on the door, hey, and, and we've got gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Every commentator I read, and they, they may be right. There's no way for me to prove anybody wrong. Every, every commentator I read makes a, a, a lot of... Uh, a lot to do about the symbolism, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Maybe they're right, but the Bible doesn't say anything about the importance of the symbolism, the gold, 
the frankincense, the myrrh. When I read the story, and I hear, and I know how the story ends, that that night, or at most the next night, after the wise men leave, and they leave this storehouse, this box, bag, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, what I see from the story is how expensive all that is. And we don't, there's, there's no way the, to know, the Bible doesn't say in any way, how much it's all worth. But I speculate, and I, I do, I don't, I don't have any problem speculating this at all. Joseph, Joseph, and, and Joseph and Mary were poor. Joseph didn't earn a lot. I think it's very possible that as the wise men un, unloaded their treasures, bag or box, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, when they looked in that box and they looked at what the wise men left them, I think it's very, very possible that there was more stuff that what they left was worth more than perhaps Joseph would make in years. Right there. I, like I warned you, this message is not as spiritual as maybe sometimes it is. But it's more practical. This is for the person this morning who in some way, whatever it is, there's no way for me to be able to put my finger on what it is. There's a need. A physical need. God, I need this. And it very well could be that there were two or three years worth of supply right there. More than he could make, make in years. And God did it just right then. God did it in one afternoon. So that happens that, that night or the next night, they, they, we, we've got to go. Now, they didn't know this was c coming. They didn't know that this was in the, in the works. We've, we've got to go. Joseph, how are we going to live? What are we going to do? All, I, I mean, questions every wife would ask. Well, what are you doing? How do you know? What are we, how are we going to make it? Because they're going to Egypt. Neither one of them had ever been there. They don't have any idea. They, they know where it's at. They've never been there. They don't know what they're going to do. He's leaving business. They're leaving their home. They're leaving everything. Just what they can carry on their back. And then all of a sudden they remember, wait a minute. We do have gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. All very expensive stuff. And God... Without them expecting it, without them knowing it was coming, God supplies their every need. And that's exactly what Paul said will happen. God will supply all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. God will supply your need. Now, okay, you know, we, you've heard us preach that, and you, you know that that's true. I want, I want you to think of it in this way, though. So, Jesus is a year to year and a half old, according to the calculations that Herod used. That's why he had, he had the two-year-old boys and, and under killed. So, Jesus is a year to year and a half old when the uh, wise man came to the door. So, that means that the wise man left home about a year to year and a half before this. They saw, they saw the star, they knew that God, and so they loaded up their gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and they left about a year to year and a half before this event we just read, before they knocked on, the, knocked on that door. 
Joseph doesn't know this. Mary doesn't know it. Nobody knows this. But as soon as that, almost as soon as that gift arrived at the door, it was needed. It was needed that night or the next night, just in time. But it had left a year to year and a half before that. God's supply for you. Matt, let's go ahead and put this uh, next phrase. God is always ahead. He's waiting for you. It is waiting for you. He's always ahead of you. And when you're praying because you have a need, okay, I, God, I need this. I, I mean, I, it's, it's more than want. God, I, I need this. And God, please do something. That's a legitimate prayer. If you haven't prayed that, then you, then you haven't been in real need. You haven't been raised poor enough yet, okay? But, it, but, it, but when you get to where you really need, you'll begin, God, I, I need this, and there's nothing wrong with that prayer. I, I want you to pray. In fact, at the end of church today, we're going to pray that, God, I, I need this. And it, it, uh, I know spiritual stuff's included in that, but there's a physical, I've got to go to Egypt, and I'm leaving my business behind, and I have no idea how I'm going to support myself. And God said, I know how you're going to do it. It's already on the way. You just may not know it yet. But it, God is always ahead of you. He's always waiting on you. You're not waiting on him. I know it feels like that. And I know it seems like that. And see, we don't see the supply yet. And you can say, well, I'm waiting on God's supply. And I, and I know that, and I get that, and there's a sense of where that, that is true. I'm waiting on God's supply. But I want you to know that it's really, in a way, it's waiting on you to get there. Because it's already sent, sent ahead. Okay? Uh, this isn't the most dramatic story. There may be two stories. I didn't know if I would share this one with you, both of them with you. This isn't the most, most dramatic story. But it's one of those that, I mean, just it was answered just right then and there. So many things in our church have happened that this truth has, has played itself out. Uh, three years ago, uh, during the pandemic time, and I know it seems like 10 years ago sometimes now, but three, three years ago during the pandemic time, just as we were allowed to come back to church, meet, meet in person, just as we were allowed to come back, we met in the gym so we could distance more. Matt, I'm going to look at this camera here. We, uh, we had this camera right here in the gym. It's the only camera we had, and we put it on the back wall. Well, the, dis the distance, Matt, I'm coming down. Okay, the, the, uh, uh, now I'm back up. The distance, uh, the distance was so far for the camera, it was okay, but it wasn't great. Now, this won't mean much to you. It means a lot to me because I'm the one that had to go through it. But during the pandemic time, as a pastor, I didn't have any idea how this was going was to turn out. See, I, I can see it from hindsight now. Everything's great. Everything's fine. But I didn't know that then. Okay? It was one of those, I don't know if anybody's going to come back. I don't know that anybody's going to give. Uh, just to let you know, the government does not support us one penny, and we don't want them to. <laughs> Separation of church and state. All right, we don't want the, we don't want the state. So anyway, 
The only way we survive is by people giving. Well, I didn't know if you were going to give. I didn't know if you were going to come, come back. So I, we were in that state. I, I was in that state. Lord, I don't know. I don't know. So we've got the camera. It's not an expensive one. It's a cheap one. And it, the distance was so great. Me, me and Matt were talking before church. He's at his ta table doing his thing, whatever he does. I have no idea what he does. But he does all the, all of the tech stuff. We were talking. and saying, You know, the, the, the camera is okay, but it's not great. I said, Matt, what's it take to make the camera better? He said, well, we need to spend, we need to spend about, spend about, uh, about $2,000, okay? That's not a huge amount. This story is not just that, that dramatic. Need to, need to spend about $2,000. Okay, you, usually, you know, it's not that big of a deal, but I'm already, man, I don't, I don't know anybody's going to come back. I don't know anybody's going to give. I don't know. And so I said, Matt, I'll tell you what, let's just, let's pray about this a week or two Let's make, let's make do with what we've got. And sometimes you should do that. Let, let's make do with what we've got. See what happens. Somebody else came up to talk to me while I was standing there with Matt. Somebody else came up to talk to me. I was distracted by that. Fuji comes up to me, hands me an envelope. Somebody had handed him the envelope a week, week before. All right. He, he didn't know what was, what was in it. So somebody had handed him an envelope a week before. He, hands it, he waits a week or whatever, hands it to me. I'm talking to the guy, this person, Matt's here, and I, he hands me the envelope, and I don't think much, think much about it. It's from a business in town. All right, so I, and I, op, op, I open it up, and there's a $2,000 check. And I said, Matt? <laughs> I've never had a prayer answered that quick. I said, Matt, you can stop, you, you can stop praying. All right, the point is, now it's a great story. The $2,000 check was written weeks ago. I didn't know that. The check was on the way before Matt and I had the conversation. Now, you sit in the pew. Well, not every story turns out absolutely right. Not every story turns out like that. A lot of them do, though. A lot of them do. If you look back, if you look back with hindsight, God took care of you. You've been through worse than this. God took care of you. And you didn't know how. You didn't know where. You didn't know when. You've been through worse than this. You've been through stuff like this before. This seems like the worst. God took care of you. My God, Paul said, my God will supply all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. My God, my God will supply all your need. Now, you don't see it yet. I get that. The reason I told the story 
I picked that one out. I've never had one happen that quickly. But it's happening all the time. If you'll just see it. God is always ahead of you. And I want you to believe that because it's true. I want you to believe it because it's biblically true. God is always ahead of you. He's always waiting for you. Even though you can't see it. He's working on it right now. And I've had that story play out time. Uh, I can't count the number of times. It's happened in our personal life and the life, life of our church where God is working it out even though we can't see it. He doesn't let you see everything. That's what it amounts to. He doesn't let you see everything. Now, I'm going to go through this next part really quick. I'm not even sure that I'll use all the, all the screens. But, uh, Matt, go ahead. And... I've used this before. Generosity is giving more than you can afford. I don't care about that. Pride is taking less than you need. Pride is taking less than you need. Now, what it is, when the knock on the door, we've got these gifts. Mary could have said, we, we don't need that. We're, we're, we're doing fine. We don't, we don't need that. Okay. Jo Joseph could have said, no, Mary, we don't, we don't need to take that. We're, we're doing fine. We're, we're paying bills. No, listen, you don't know what's ahead. Somebody offers it to you, you take it. Okay. I had to learn this lesson when I, when I started preaching. Uh, the, the unexpected thing is I started getting paid for it. And I can't explain to you how hard that was for me. And the first few times that, that, somebody, that a church tried to pay me for preaching is like, I mean, it almost felt gross, you know. And I, I don't know how else, to say, how else to explain that. But I just felt, I felt terrible taking money to preach. And I, and I said, no, no, I don't want anything. One very wise man told me, he said, you take this, you're going to need it. He's absolutely right. You give me anything now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it. Why? I'm going to need it. You put it next screen. I guess I'm using more screens than I thought it was. Take it. You will need it. Put it to work. Put it to use. The member who talked to me this morning, two, two people this morning have already talked to me. You had no idea what I was going to preach. I, I have a problem with this because I tend to say, no, 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 I don't know. But two, two people have already talked to me this morning about helping me with my uh, trip to Mexico in a few weeks. Okay, I had to fight that impulse. No, no, no I can do it. You know, no. I, I had to fight the impulse, say, all right, if you want to help. And, and I'm, not trying to, <laughs> I'm not trying to raise funds here, but, but I wrestle with this. It's, it's, it's not easy for me. But I don't take it and hoard it. You, you take it. And then you put it to work. Okay. Now. Let's go back to the first. But you need it. This is, this is real need. Okay. And admitting. It's, it's getting rid of your pride enough to admit. I do, Lord. I, I need this. I need, I need it, whatever it is, however that, whatever's going on with, with you, okay? I'm going to ask the band to come on up. We're going to pray.
We're going to ask God to help us. Okay? We're going to ask God to help us. Whatever way that might be, we're going to ask Jesus to help us. Well, they're getting ready. I'm going to add something. I almost did this at the beginning. I wasn't sure if I should add this now. This is just almost not the same thing. Happened to me, this happened on Thursday. We were teaching, working with a small group. I was praying before the small group, and I was overwhelmed. I don't think it's ever really happened to me like this before. I was overwhelmed thinking about some people in my life who have a spiritual need. I just, and I, I, I had a hard time after I prayed adjusting to teaching because I was just so overwhelmed with a burden for people with a spiritual need. And I am right now too. Which seems opposite from the message I just preached. So we're going to have to do both. I'm overwhelmed by people in my life who are lost and without Christ. And I'm overwhelmed by the, their spiritual need. And I don't know what that means. I think God's getting ready to do something. I think. I think that means God's getting ready to do something with them that I couldn't do. And I can't do. But I get the sense it's happening right now. It's happening. I'm a little overwhelmed now with that sense that God is working with these people that I've been praying for. The spiritual need. There's that. Let me get back to the physical need. I'm going to ask you this morning, whatever that might be, it's, it may be a job, it may be just, just a whole host of things. It doesn't really matter what. There's a need in your life. And I'm going to ask you to be humble enough to say, Jesus, I need help. I need you to help me. It's not, I'm not able to do this on my own. I need you to help me. So, I'm going to ask you to stand. If you have somebody, I'm going to... I don't have any choice. I'm going to have to pray my, myself. So, I'm going to be at, a, be at an altar praying. And my prayer is for these people that are so much on my mind that need spiritual help. They need an awakening from God's Spirit. I'm going to be praying about that. You may have that too. You, you may not. If you're here this morning and you just simply need, and you don't have to explain why, you, don't have, you just need to come and talk to Jesus about it. God, I just, I need help. I need help with this. I need help with that. And Lord, I need help with my faith believing that it's on the way. That you're already there. That you already know. And you're already taking care of the situation.
But I need to come and tell you that I need help. While the band plays, if you like to come and pray for someone or pray for your own need while they play and sing, we invite you to come.
Jesus, you are.